Happy Mother's Day. We are so thankful for our moms. Aren't we? (laughs) Amen. Ladies, this week is Ladies' Retreat. Yes. This is going to be a great time of fellowship, great time of refreshing. I can't wait to see you there. Um, Also, I'd like to see all of you that are going just for a few minutes after church today. Also, the other um, announcement that we have is men's prayer. That is going to be Saturday, May 14th at 8 a.m. It's also a breakfast. So since we're not going to be here to make breakfast, you guys can just get together and go somewhere for breakfast. Oh, I'm sorry. It may be changed. Stay tuned. Okay, so we will update that. It's actually the men's prayer will be the 21st instead of the 14th. (laughs) Hallelujah. All right, so today my voice is a little bit hoarse. It may not sound it when I'm talking, but it is a little difficult to sing, so I'm going to ask that you guys sing loud today. Help me out here. Hallelujah. Greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world.
Greater is He that is in me. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. On the day of Pentecost, a rushing mighty wind blew into the upper room and baptized all of them with the power greater than any earthly foe. I'm so glad I've got into, I'm gonna let the whole world know. Greater is He that is in me, greater is He that is in me, greater is He that is in me than He that is in the world. Greater is He that is in me, greater is He that is in me, greater is He that is in me than He that is Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for your spirit living inside of us. Oh, Lord Jesus, giving us the overcoming power. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are worthy, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Down at the cross where my Savior died. Down where the cross was in To my heart was the blood of
Jesus. You're the King of kings. You're the Lord of lords. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our God. You are our Lord and our Savior. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are the one that purchased us. You are the one that delivered us from sin, hell, death, and the grave. Hallelujah, Jesus. You are our deliverer. You are our Savior. You are our creator, the lover of our soul. Hallelujah, Jesus. The one that we're going to see face to face. Hallelujah, Jesus, the one that will worship and praise for all of eternity. Hallelujah, Jesus. I pray, O oh God, that you would be lifted up and magnified in this house today, that you would be glorified here, thou most high God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We do exalt you, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. You are our all in all, our ever-present help in time of need our exceeding great reward. Hallelujah, Jesus. Our shield and our buckler, our high tower and our strong defense in whom we trust. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of praise. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence in this house. Thank you, Jesus, for your manifest presence here today. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. We lift up your glorious name. We give glory and honor under your wondrous name, your most holy name, the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Let your great name be magnified in this place. Let your name be magnified in our lives with our voices. Hallelujah, Jesus. We do laud and magnify you. We heap glory and honor unto you. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here today. Thank you, Jesus, for your great goodness. 
in this place today. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of my worship. You are worthy of all my praise. I give myself to you today to give glory and honor unto you. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. The name of Jesus Christ is to be exalted. He is to be magnified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. What an awesome God we serve. Praise God. You can be seated for a moment. We have another little uh, blip to show. Happy Mother's Day. <clears throat> oh, I picked that one out because that is a day in her life. <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Amen. We are thankful for our mothers. <clears throat> and for our children. Yes. For the sermon today, I was looking for an example of a mother in Scripture. There were several to choose from. Uh, the first one, of course, is Eve, the mother of all living. I kind of rejected her. Uh, <laughs> Job's wife. 
I rejected her. <laughs> there were some good ones. There was uh, Deborah, made a mother in Israel. Hannah, mother of Samuel. Mary, the mother of Jesus. But I settled on Jochebed, the mother of Moses. In Hebrews 11, verses 23 through 27, we read this. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith Moses, when he was come up to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Amen. So we know these things don't appear in a vacuum. We know that uh, men are not born men. These great heroes of faith that we read about in Scripture were born as a baby. <clears throat> they were born as children. And they had parents, a mother and a father, uh, who input into their lives, for better or for worse. But our parents are a huge, huge influence on any person's life. We're going to try to find some stuff out about Jochebed, Moses' mother. The Bible, unfortunately, really doesn't say a whole lot about her. We read a lot about Moses. We read a lot about Moses. But uh, not too much about Moses' mother. We know that she was a mother in a difficult time. It wasn't easy to be a, a Hebrew mother at this point in time. The Pharaoh's command was to kill all the, the newborn babies. Moses happened to be a newborn baby, male, male child. <clears throat> she acted in faith and entered God's hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. Not mentioned by name, but the parents of Moses. She was certainly able to see the potential in her son, that he was a proper child. We read in Exodus 2 and 2 that he was a goodly child. And in Acts 7.20, he was exceeding fair. Just like everybody's child. I mean, this is, this is just another day at the office for, for parents talking about their kids. Amen. <laughs> Before my firstborn was born, I thought all babies just looked gross. They look ugly. They look all shriveled up. And my firstborn looked exactly the same. Except it was my child. So he was beautiful and perfect. I don't know what the difference was except that he was my child. That's how parents feel about their children. Jochebed loved him. 
as he was, and I can imagine she expected the most of him. She risked her life for her son because she violated the commandment of Pharaoh to save him. Acts 5.29, we read that she was not afraid to obey God. Well, Acts 5.29 talks about obeying God rather than man. And that is exactly what she did. It takes courage to do this. It's not always easy to do the right thing. It's not always easy to stand on principle when everyone and everything around you is telling you to compromise. Just go ahead and do it. It's not worth standing up for. It's not worth fighting over. It kind of brings me back to uh, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's uh, book, The Gulag Archipelago, when he was talking about at what point should we have stood up and resisted. At every point of the process, it, was, it seemed insignificant. It was just a, a small, very minute series of steps that led from freedom to bondage. At what point should we stand up and resist? They all seem insignificant, not worth worrying about. She wasn't afraid to take a stand. She wasn't afraid to do the right thing. In Hebrews 11.27, it says, By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Jochebed continued to do the right thing when Moses was growing up. And Moses was watching. Our kids are always watching. It doesn't seem... I mean, it doesn't... It looks like they're playing with their toys. It looks like they're just running around and distracted. But folks, they're not distracted. They're observing you. They're watching you. They're listening to what you say. They're looking at what you watch, what you listen to. They hear how you talk about people at church. They listen to what you say about the Word of God. They listen to you pray. They listen to you worship. They're watching us all the time. One guy said, Preach the Gospel. If necessary, use words. The point being this. We say a whole lot more by what we do than by what we say. Amen. We know that she imparted her faith to her son. It was transmitted from mother to son, from parent to child. And her obedient faith was rewarded by God. We read in Exodus chapter 2, beginning with verse 7, Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. Coincidentally enough. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. It's very interesting to me, and it will continue to be interesting and fascinating, how God answers prayers. How God responds to our sometimes weak faith. When we do little things, I don't really call this a little thing, but... 
Jochebed stood up to the command of, of Pharaoh and saved her son. God responded to that. Not only did she get her son back to raise, to teach, to instruct, but she got paid for it. How awesome is that? That's just like God to do something crazy like that. When we come to God in faith, when we present a situation to Him, when we are at our wit's end and we don't know where else to turn and we just, God, this is where I'm at. I need an answer. God comes through. He responds to that faith. You believe that I could take care of it. All right, watch me take care of it. I'm going to take care of it in a way that you didn't even expect, that you couldn't even imagine. How awesome is that? Yochebed would teach him about, about his people and about the God of Israel. She instructed him in what she knew. I almost said she instructed him in the law, but no, she didn't. No one given yet. But she, she taught him about God. To believe in Him. To trust in Him. He responded to this teaching, obviously, and becomes a great man of faith. Now, I'm going to hit the elephant in the room in just a little bit. She enabled her son to take an eternity-minded look in life. Moses, when he grew up, was able to see the temporary nature of sin. That there were pleasures in it, but for a season. Moses seemed to understand this. He chose to suffer with the people of God. Understanding that suffering is also temporary. That doing right, that being right, is forever. I don't know if it's a personality thing or if the Lord has just helped me in this area. But, I have always been of the opinion that if I know I am right, everything else just doesn't really matter. When I first came to God, I had all kinds of friends in the world. And I was telling them, I don't know anything about this, but you've got to come to this church. I felt something there. It was awesome. And I got a few people to come. Uh, none of them stayed. But uh, eventually, they wanted me to make a choice. <clears throat> and that, <laughs> that truly surprised me. It doesn't surprise me now, but, but that shocked me. I was like, what do you mean you want? Why? I'm still your friend. You know? I don't, I don't think anything different about you. They thought something different about me, though. And, of course, there was conviction there, and people were a little uncomfortable because I didn't want to do this anymore, and I didn't want to do that anymore, and pretty soon we just didn't have a lot in common. So, uh, but I was ultimately okay with that. It hurt. It was, I would, prefer, I would have preferred something else happen. 
But I was okay with that because I knew in my heart this is right. This is what I've been looking for. This is what God has been trying to show me my whole life. And that was enough for me. I was right with God. And it, folks, if we're right with God, ah, what was the saying? Uh, if you please God, it doesn't matter who you displease. If you displease God, it doesn't matter who else you please. If I'm pleasing God, if I can stand before Him with a clean conscience, nothing else matters, folks. Nothing else in this world matters. Whatever else is going on out there, whoever ends up hating me, whoever wants to wish me harm and destruction, that saddens me. I would prefer that we be friends. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because I know I'm right. If I go to jail for something, uh, standing up for Scripture, as far as I can tell, that day's probably coming. And if it does, I'm in jail unjustly. True. But ultimately, I'll be okay in here because I know that I'm right with God. I'm in good standing with Him. I'm covered in His blood. I'm forgiven. I'm right. So, Moses understood that. He fell out of favor. He lost everything. He did. I don't know if he was in line to be Pharaoh, but he was right up there. He was royalty. He had the best of everything in Egypt. At this point, Egypt was doing pretty good. Hebrews 11.26 says, He rather esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. I hope we feel like that this morning. The reproach of Christ. Not the blessings of Christ. Not the good things of God. The cost. The price. Is greater riches to us than the treasures of this, this world. Than all the good things this world could ever provide. We esteem this as being superior in every way. Moses learned to walk by faith just as she did, trusting God in difficult times. We see that example time and again in the life of Moses. Whenever he came to a crossroads, when they were butted up against the Red Sea, he proclaimed boldly, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And then he turned around and said, God, what do we do? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. God, I think, was saying, I already know what to do. Why are you talking to me? Get your staff out. He was a man of faith. And he saw that exampled in his early years. Yochebed was rewarded for her faith in God. Her son was chosen by God to deliver his people. All her efforts to train him in faith were rewarded by her. Her faithfulness to God was rewarded. Amen. 
Now the elephant in the room. Well, what about those faithful and righteous mothers who have children that grow up and don't serve God? That's a real, that's a real situation. And I want to spend some time on that today. Your responsibility as a mother, first of all, is not to save your children. You're not going to save your children. Okay? That's not your job. That's not your responsibility. God died for your child. God will save your child. Your responsibility as a mother is to train your children up in the way they should go. To instruct them. To show them. To properly and consistently demonstrate Jesus to your family. To remain faithful to God in everything we do. To love God. And to trust Him no matter what. Those are things that we're responsible for. Do we do that perfectly all the time? I would like to talk to you if the answer is yes. Because my answer has to be no. As parents, we're not 100% consistent in all seasons of life. As parents, we're tired and stressed. We work overtime for not enough money. And we come home and nothing's done. And the kid's got a messy room. And we don't always respond Christ-like. Okay? I'm not making an excuse. But it's the fact of the matter. Parents aren't perfect. But that's our responsibility. is to model this. To teach this to our children. Day in, day out. To let them see us in our weak moments. To let them observe us when we're going through difficult times. And how do we respond? Hopefully, biblically. Hopefully in a manner which is consistent with Christ. But not always. What do we do then? We tell our kids. This is what I do. I don't know if it's the best thing to do. But it's what I've decided to do. When I make a mistake and I mess up and my kids see it, I let them know. I messed up. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. Because I'm not perfect. And I don't, want, I don't want to come off as I think I'm perfect. And then I do that. What is that going to tell the, the child? Hypocrite. Say one thing and do another. That's teaching them something too. We need to teach them Jesus Christ. We need to example as best as we can. And when we fail, let them know you failed. I'm sorry. This is what I should have done. This is what the Bible tells us to do. That's what I should have done. There's nothing wrong with that. In leadership, they tell you to do the same thing. Don't come across as a know-it-all. Don't come across as I'm perfect and you're not. You need to measure up to me. The leader's not perfect either. 
And when he screws up, he needs to let the people know. They get a lot more respect that way. You can respect someone that's open and honest like that. Parenting is very similar. The child's responsibility then is to respond to your good and biblical teaching and example and to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. I understand. Because you are an adult and you are a parent and you love that child more than life itself. I get that. I didn't before, but as soon as I had my firstborn, I got it. I would gladly lay down my life for any of my kids. I don't want to see anything bad come to them. I don't want to see them hurt. I don't want to see them go through tough times. But they're going to have to. They're going to have to. They're going to have to learn how to deal with that. But if they walk away from God, what did I do? What did I fail to do? This is my fault. I let them down. I didn't do something. I, I, I didn't say something. I, I, I did or said something I shouldn't have. And we get into that cycle. It's got to be my fault. Because I'm, I'm the parent. Who's, whose fault would it be? Folks, sometimes people make choices. I can't make the decision for them. I can't live for Jesus for my kids. I can example it. I can model it. But at the end of the day, they're going to grow up and they're going to make their own choice. They have free moral agency just like you do. The choice is theirs, folks. We do everything we can. I get it. We pray. We fast. We intercede. And we need to. And we need to continue to. If they're living for God or not, we need to continue to intercede for our children, their families. But at the end of the day, it's their choice. If you've done what you need to do, if you've fulfilled your responsibility as a mother, as a parent, and if you can stand before God and say that you're good, you're right, then it saddens us. We would prefer a different outcome. But it's their choice to make. It's their own salvation to work out with fear and trembling. They're the ones that are going to stand before God, not you. Okay? So we need to stop beating ourselves up. We need to stop guilting ourselves and punishing ourselves because of something we did or didn't do. If you did or didn't do something, make it right. Make it right. Repent. Clear it up with the child. But after that, it's on them. It's on them. Just like it was on you. Your parents aren't standing in, in your stead here today. Mine aren't. Theirs can't either. If our kids aren't living for God and we've done everything we know to do, and we just need to place that in God's hands. God is the one that died for them. As much as you love them, He loves them a whole lot more. As much as you want them saved, He wants them saved a whole lot more. 
Put them in God's hands and leave them there. Make yourself available. Love them. Be there for them. But leave them in God's hands. God will deal with that situation in ways you can't begin to imagine. He can work things out in their lives. It might be a difficult situation. And you're going to have to sit there and watch them go through it. But let God do what He's going to do. Let God have His perfect work. A mother's love is something... We all have mothers. Obviously, we don't come into the world any other way. They don't clone embryos yet. <clears throat> mothers are all you got to get here. Now there's a difference between a birth mother and a mom. We all have birth mothers. Not everyone gets to have a mom. Not everyone feels that love. Not everyone grows up feeling that unconditional nurturing love that a mother has for a child. So then we grow up. By we, I mean you ladies. Grow up, have children of your own. Boys the same way with fathers. We become mothers, we become fathers, and we don't really know how to be a mother. We don't really know how to be a father, how to be a parent, how to be a good spouse. We've never seen it modeled before. And more and more, that's where people are at today. Some of us are in that already. But that's just going to get worse and worse. So what do we do then? Well, we turn to Scripture. We turn to Scripture. How does God love? How does God treat His children? However God treats us, that's how we should treat our children. That's how we should respond to their always and boo-boos, their mistakes, their spilled milk, their forgetfulness, their poopy diapers, getting up at 1.30 in the morning because they're hungry or they're messy or they're fussy. Whatever it is. We respond like Jesus does. We have a good example in Him. None of us have a perfect example. Some of us have very poor examples. But in Scripture, we find everything we need to be a good wife, to be a good daughter, to be a good mother, to be a good Christian lady. We have everything we need right here in Scripture. 
the example that Jesus Christ set for us. And in this church here, we have elders, beautiful elders, who would be more than willing to share their years of wisdom with us. I could tell you stories about that. I won't. But if you have an elder in your life, if you have a, an older lady, a grandmother, someone who's been around a while, pick their brain. Buy them coffee, buy them lunch, and then just sit there and let them talk. And then you listen. Listen. They have wisdom. They have experience that you don't have. And who knows if something they say, some experience they've had, some encounter they've had to work through is going to help you just weeks down the road. You don't know that. I appreciate elders in my life. I want their wisdom. I do. I don't have enough time to learn all this trial and error. I don't know if I have the patience to learn all of this trial and error. It just it costs too much. It's a great teaching method. You typically learn it the first time, hopefully, but it, it's expensive. Learn from someone else. You got a question. I got this going on. What do you think I should do? Ask it. Ask it. Avail yourself of the of the combined wisdom and experience in this congregation. Amen. Amen. Thank God for our mothers. Thank God for their good example. May the Lord work out their poor example. Amen. Sometimes uh, the example is what we ought not to do. My dad left me a lot of both. I think I left my kids a lot of both. They'll probably grow up and do the same with theirs. Hopefully it gets a little bit more one-sided as the thing goes down the road. More good than bad. Being a mother is such an awesome, awesome privilege and what an awesome responsibility it is. I can speak from the perspective of a father and a husband, but I'm married to a mother. And I see what she goes through. And I, I listen to her. The struggles, the, the concerns. Men and women are <laughs> so different in, in a lot of ways. And it's, I mean, it's perfect. When the two come together, they kind of overlap and make a whole, you know. But, I'll want to just take everything away and they did something. Well, here's the consequence. We told them, do it. Well, I don't, you know, it's, I don't know if it was that clear and, and maybe we should just give them another chance. And that's my wife. She's the one that gets the most frustrated. My kids will testify. My kids are looking confused. That's the truth. That's the truth. She's your advocate. 
<clears throat> but that's a mom. That's a mom. That's her heart. My precious kids. I love my kids. I want to see the best for my kids. Nurture my kids. That's what, that's what a mom's heart is. And I so very much appreciate moms. I appreciated having a mom for as long as I did. I had an excellent mom. And uh, moms are something unique. They're something special. And uh, people ought not live life without one. I mean that. They ought not live life without one. Praise God. Eventually, we lose our moms. And we certainly feel that loss. But life goes on. We become moms, grandmoms, great-grandmoms. I don't know what they call the, the elder lady, but the patriarch would be the old bull of the woods. But the, uh, <laughs> that's what my dad always said. <laughs> old bull of the woods. <laughs> it's got to be a term for the, the matriarch. Anyway. <laughs> All right. If that has some weird connotations, I apologize. <laughs> I didn't know that. Good advice. Let's move on. Let's all stand. Before I do anything else. All right. Back to bombs. If our mothers could come forward, please. Amen. We want to pray for our moms. We want to give thanks for our moms. Amen. Men, if you can gather around your wives... Those with, uh, <clears throat> amen. Praise God. We're going to gather around. We're going to pray for every one of you. Amen. We very much appreciate our wives. We very much appreciate our moms. Amen. <laughs> Get it all worked out here. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's pray for our mothers. Amen.